0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's John Deere Classic. I know many of us are flush with cash from a Cam Davis victory last week, so let's see if we can light that on fire. A couple of live chats this week, three of them in total, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's your standard John Deere Classic live chat for ownership and weather and whatever else you want to talk about. The 8.15 p.m. Wednesday live chat, that's the Jock Market Power Hour, all things DFS, a stock market DFS, all things Jock Market, where there is certainly plenty of money to be made not only before the event, but during the event as well. And then the Cut Sweat Show, the Friday Cut Sweat, always a fun time where we just sit around watch the golf data-driven approach into what the cut number is going to be, following the guys at those uh, you know, near the cut line, and then how that's going to impact the five of six number, the six of six number, and all the things that are going to determine how good your weekend is. Okay, that is scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday, uh, and it is certainly subject to change. Make sure you get the notifications when I go live because I'm going to try to time it for... You know the best time of of Friday afternoon, depending on what the cut number is at at the time. So bear with me on that one. Uh, but for now, let's jump into this week's bets and one and done. What you're looking at right now is the tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com. This is where I simulate the results of the tournament 1,000 times. We compare it to the odds, and we see if there's any value. Now, Sungjae Im, uh won the most in my simulations. He won it about 11.2% of the time, uh, which if you look at his implied odds, about 16 to 1% there would be certainly value on betting Sung Jae Im. Daniel Berger was next, Siwoo Kim, Kevin Streelman, the only golfers to win it over 5% of the time. So uh, the way that I interpret this, there's a, a couple of ways to, to do so. I think that uh, both Siwoo Kim and Kevin Strelman offer at least – Enough upside to win this golf tournament. Siwoo Kim, incredibly volatile, ton of upside. um, You know, no problem running him out nearly anywhere, especially in a field like this. And then Kevin Strelman, you know, despite the missed cut at the Travelers Championship, has been phenomenal. And the one thing that he has really steadied has been the putter and if he's able to marry the long-term ball striking with the short-term putting this is a field he should absolutely contend at. it's a field uh, composition that we've seen him contend at before so i certainly don't mind kevin strillman 28 to 1 if you shop that um let's see what you can get him at Yeah, anywhere, I mean, I've seen him now 22, 25, or 28 to 1. I think all of these numbers this week you have to shop because what happens is when you get a really weak field event like this, you know, there's probably not a lot of money being wagered, especially compared to, you know, we just had the U.S. Open, we're going to have the Open Championship next week. So these books, if they take any type of sizable bet, on any of these guys, it's going to move the number. So you might look at William Hill and say, oh, he's 28 to one there. And you look at DraftKings, and you say, oh, he's 22, for example. Maybe DraftKings took a larger wager on Kevin Strillman and has, and has moved him. And I think that's going to happen for a lot of different guys this week. So uh, Strillman and Siwoo Kim, certainly viable options. Uh, you know, Russell Henley has been really, really good. But let me show you something here with, with Russell Henley that I think is uh, at least concerning. Um, If you go over to his Holy Grail and you look at his round fours uh, just recently, like the the last five or six round fours he's had, he's been pretty sour, right? The rest of his game has been awesome, but he has now lost, let's see, round four at the Travelers, he lost 2.1 strokes to the field. Uh, the U S open 2.8 round four at the PGA championship, 2.3 round four at the Wells Fargo championship, 2.7. So his last four round fours, he has lost at least 2.1 strokes to the field. Is it a trend? Is it noise? Is it concerning? Maybe a little bit of all of that, but when you're betting a guy outright, I would like to see him not fail on Sundays as frequently. That's especially in, in, in we, a couple of those weeks he was in contention, the last two. So I'm concerned about that, um, and it will probably keep me off Russell Henley. My card's probably going to focus uh, near the top on two golfers. So number one being Brian Harmon. Uh, Brian Harmon, I discovered this yesterday uh, on the first cut, kind of while I was live. Brian Harmon has been unbelievably consistently good. This is Brian Harmon's game logs here. He has now, since the summer of 2020, since the 3M Open last year of July, so basically a year ago, has lost strokes to the field once, one time. He lost .32 strokes to the field at the RSM Classic, missed the cut on the number. The other time in that stretch that he missed the cut, because he only missed the cut twice in that stretch, was here at the PGA Championship, but because that's top 60 in ties, he actually gained a third of a stroke to the field and missed the cut. It's an unbelievable stretch of golf, and you look at you know the last eight or so, He's been phenomenal. He's been piling up top 10s, piling up top 20s. This is a course that should set up well for him. So certainly going to be focusing my attention on Brian Harmon. 16 to 1 is the number that I got him at. The other guy is Seamus Power. Now, this number is all over the place. Um, there are, There is still 45 to 1 in some places. He's been bet down to 33 to 1 in other places. So you really have to do your homework here. Um, Seamus Power has a lot going for him. Not only is it the four consecutive top 20s, with two of them being top tens, not only is it the six consecutive events on approach uh, that he has gained in, but it's his standing. It's it's the fact that he's 140th in FedEx Cup points, trying to get to the playoffs, trying to secure his PGA Tour card for next year. The motivation for all of these guys is huge. With Seamus Power can see the light at the end of the tunnel. He's got he's got the great results coming in, and you know you start to consider. What is his schedule going to look like? He doesn't have full status. Well, he's not going to play the WGC. He's not going to play the Open Championship. He's probably going to have two more cracks at this, right, after this week. Maybe he's he has uh, 3M. He maybe has the Wyndham, assuming that he's going to get either a sponsor's exemption or play his way into those events. Like, that's it. He's got two or three starts left, seemingly, on the PGA Tour to earn enough points this season to get into the playoffs. So there has never been... Uh, so much motivation for Seamus Power as he's so close. So that's, that's going to be my attention at the top of the board. And then I'll probably just sprinkle some guys in the mid to long shot ranges. My two favorite long shots are probably Kramer Hickok. He's 70 to one. He, you know, um, had that battle with Harris English two weeks ago, made the cut last week. This is a course that for whatever reason, whatever you want to determine the reasoning is, Players who hit a lot of fairways have had a lot of success at TPC Deer Run, and that's what Kramer Hickok does well. And he puts okay. We know that he, um, you know, might be on an upward trend. Three of his last four starts have been pretty good, so I, I like Kramer Hickok at seventy. Might see this as a big opportunity, and then the other one, uh, you know, Satoshi Kodaira. It, it's time to go back to him. Some places he was one hundred and seventy-five to one on Monday. Uh, I'm seeing him at 150 to one. William Hill has him at 125 to one. So there are certainly long numbers out there. I think this is a much better setup for him than Detroit Golf Club. And he almost he almost figured out a way to make the cut and play well last week. I mean, without the last six holes or so, Kanaya was pretty good. He was six under par. He was trending towards the weekend. He was putting himself in position. He has unlocked something. With the putter, Uh, I don't know what it is, but I would love to find it out. And at a course like this, an event like this, where again you're probably going to need to be 20 under par to win, the ability to roll in putts like this is unbelievable. You know, only Troy Merritt has gained more strokes putting uh, in the last 24 rounds than Satoshi Kodaira, and the ball striking has come around. So this is it's a really interesting place. This might be the last crack at him. You know, if he misses the cut this week, if he looks, if he's if his ball striking regresses again. Might be time to get off for a while, but I think we got to give him one more go around after a a missed cut that, uh, you know, now we've got a really, really good number on. I think that's fair. All right, let's go over to the head-to-head matchups tool here. This is where you can put in um, any time frame that you want, any two golfers that you want, and see the likelihood of them winning a a four-round matchup over one another. And the one that catches my attention right off the bat here is um, Brian Harmon and Daniel Berger, who both have been really good, but I'm I'm kind of surprised to see Berger at minus 125 to Brian Harmon's minus 103. So let's see what's going on here. I'm my mouse is tweaking out. Okay, so uh, I have Brian Harmon winning this 54 percent of the time, making him mon- minus 119. That is about what DraftKings has him at. Now, if we open this up a little bit, because I was talking about. You know, that, that stretch of golf that Brian Harmon has played essentially since this time last year and how good it is. Yeah, Berger's outpaced him essentially the entire time. So I, I guess I Brian Harmon has been very good, but Daniel Berger's been sneaky better. That's impressive stuff. This one's interesting. Munoz versus Lebiota. Now, I imagine the shorter term we go, the better... Hank is going to get. So I have this opened up for the last year. Wow. And Lebiota crushes Munoz here. 71%. Wow. Munoz. Okay, so DraftKings has Munoz at minus 125. Lebiota minus 103. I have Lebiota winning at 75 for 71% of the time. That's massive. And that's from a longer term. Even if we go more recent. I mean, Lebi- has Munoz been this bad? I know he's been missing a lot of cuts, but wow. Okay, well. I think that's going to have to be a bet. It's probably unlikely that any golfer is 74% to win over another one uh, that's paired together in a matchup. But the fact that even in the time frame that I thought I couldn't get Lebiota to be a favorite in, he's a significant favorite. And he's the dog on DraftKings. So I'm going to go with Lebiota over Sebastian Munoz. That's... uh, Wow, shocking to me. And then this other one here I think is more interesting or or interesting because Mav McNeely has played better recently and Patton Kazire has had flashes, but Patton Kazire is much more of a popper, which the model doesn't always love. Now they're about 50-50, Kazire 52% if you go a little bit more recent. If we go back a little bit further since the start of the year, it's almost a dead heat 50-50. If we go back a little bit further than that, Let's say the start of the season, Kazire just a hair of a favorite. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to get this close enough. If you want to go like the last three starts, it would be Maverick-McNeely, but I'm not sure that's the sample size that you really want here. So I'm thinking this is probably a no bet. They have McNeely as a – well, actually, maybe not. Maybe you want the Kazire side because a lot of them are 50-50, and they have Kazire plus 115, Mad McNeely minus minus one fifty. Should Mav McNeely be minus 150 to anyone? It's not that's not a knock on him. I I I like his game. He's played better recently, but that's surprising. Kazire was great on Sunday last week. I that seems a little bit off to me. Maybe the side to bet is, is Kazire. Um let's talk one and done real quick. Run good one and done update. Uh Castor Joshua out in front. Graybo, Nash the Flash, Jared Heavy, and Chappy Chaps. I know a lot of us had. Uh, Jason Kokrak last week, myself included, he was, I think, T4 before he got to 17. I was thinking, okay, maybe he can make an Eagle here. Maybe he can get himself into content, you know, try to try to steal this away, get into a playoff. Uh he made bogey and lost us a lot of money. There was like an eight-way tie for eighth. He dropped out of that. He finished, I think he finished 14th, and that's a nothing burger, unfortunately. So um, that's it. You know, one one shot here, two shots there uh, certainly add up. And we are coming down the home stretch. So for the run, good one and done, we have this week, next week. Oh, well, I guess we still have some events left. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight events left. So plan accordingly. If you are trying to move up, if you're trying to win a segment, if you're trying to uh, front run, Know what you're trying to do, essentially. Um, for this week, I, I actually, I actually think these weeks are kind of the easiest because you don't have a lot of incentive to save any of these guys. You know, if you wanted to play Brian Harm, if you wanted to play Sung J M, if you wanted to play Russell Henley or Cam or uh, Kevin Strielman or Seamus Power or whatever, um, you can really do whatever you want, and there's no there's no issue with saving these guys. Uh, so I I find these these weeks to be a little bit easier. The way that I'm probably going to go. Um, Harmon, I think I've used in some of the bigger one and dones, the, like the, the longer ones for, for, for ones we've been playing since the beginning of the season, I've probably burned Harmon in a couple of these. So I'll see if I have him available. If I have him available, I'll run him out. Uh, outside of that, uh, I think Strelman's fine, but I'm, I'm pretty enamored with Seamus power. You know, this is a guy that we've been talking about for months now and how he's been splitting time between the Corn Ferry and the PGA. He's been playing well, and now he's playing great up here. He's doing it in a very sustainable way. And I maybe I'm overblowing the, um, the motivation factor, but I really think this is a week that Seamus Power has to understand literally every shot matters. That is something that they feed us, you know, the last week at Wyndham on the coverage where they're like, Oh, every shot matters over the course of a year. It really does now for Seamus power. So I think we're going to get a full on grind effort from him. Hopefully the game is in the same shape that we've seen it in the last couple of starts. And maybe he can make a a run at this thing. So um, that's where I'm, I'm pretty, if I, if I've, if I have Harmon, I'll use him, if I don't, I'll use power. That's, That's basically where I'm going. If you need to go further, which I doubt you do because all of these guys should be available to you and all of these guys should be, you know, I think the ownership's going to be pretty spread out. I don't even know where you would go after that. Um, Probably Strelman would be my third option. Probably Glover? Four? Or Siwu. You could just take a flyer on Siwu and understand that you're getting high risk, high reward, but I don't think that's the worst play in the world. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty straightforward week. I think it's $1.3 million up top next week. Obviously, the Open Championship is going to be a huge purse, and then we're going to have a sprint with uh, there's gonna be another WGC. We're going to start the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of money to be had, and there's going to be a lot more difficult decisions to be made than this week. Okay, let me know what you think. Tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.